0: You touch you change all that you change changes you the only lasting truth is change god is change
1: hello listeners welcome back this is octavius parables i am adrian marie brown
0: i'm toshi regan
1: and we are on chapter 20 And we have a few announcements uh, before we dive into our content. Um, One is that this um, episode is going to be airing the day before the election. And so we know it's November 2nd and everything is happening right now. And probably there's a lot of pulls on your attention in different ways, different locations. And so we hope that listening on this today is good medicine for you and a good reminder that things continue regardless of what happens here. Things continue. We continue. There's futures for us. And Toshi is going to be doing a concert <laughs> right after this election. Do you want to tell us one more time about it, just in case anyone missed the details? Yes.
0: Uh, November 4th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be streaming from Joe's Pub's YouTube channel. This is my post-election show no matter what with Toshi Regan and Big Lovely we'll be in Joe's pub it'll just be us there but we'll be there and we want to connect with you on this on this uh post election day no matter what happens um come be in this circle with us and um and we'll definitely get down with <laughs> with whatever is happening when that day comes
1: beautiful beautiful thank you for that cultural work that offering hello listeners It's Adrian, and I'm just popping on to add one more announcement, which is that the Emergent Strategy Ideation Institute, um, we're also going to have a little post-election moment, and you can register to join us just to debrief, see what adaptations are needed, regardless of the outcome, ground, center, sing, be with each other, and you can find information on it on our Instagram, at Emergent Strategy. We'll also post the information in our show notes, but that'll be 5.30, November 4th, until 7, and we hope you join us. If you need us, we'll be there. Um, I also wanted to re- reveal, unveil, one more of the artists for the Octavia Butler Tarot deck. Um uh, it's Soraya Jean-Louis, and she is an incredible painter. Um, I first bought her work back when we were touring Octavia's Brood, and I was like, I literally walked into a room, saw one of her paintings on the opposite wall, and it was like fireworks went off, and music started playing, and like <laughs> it was such a romantic art experience, but she's one of the co-creators of Wild Seeds in New Orleans, and just an incredible artist, so Really excited to see what she brings to this deck, and then oh my
0: god, yeah! I'm so I want to say I'm so excited for this deck. I it's I wish so I too. could draw.
1: <laughs> it's Seriously, so exciting to
0: me. That's I mean
1: I think this all the time. I'm like I wish I could draw. I wish you know I'm so grateful that there are people who can, and it's a really Absolutely. exciting team. Like after the artist, I'm going to share who the oracles are that are guiding the tarot part of it. And we have an herbalist. We have so many people. It's a very exciting team. And the art directors themselves, I want to really uplift the work that they're doing. So we'll go one by one, and you'll just get to hear about them on the way. Um, the other thing to note is that we are not going to play an episode on Monday, November 9th. So we'll have give ourselves a week to sort of land in, like, what are the new conditions and what's going on. Give you all a week to land in all of that. And we will be back on November 16th. So just prepare yourselves. Um, we love y'all and we're all good. I'm just taking that week. Okay, my love. So, chapter 20, tell us where we are and what's happening.
0: All right. Chapter 20 God is neither good nor evil, neither loving nor hating. Mm. God is power, God is change. We must find the rest of what we need within ourselves and one another. In our destiny. Earth Seed The Books of the Living. Saturday, August 28th, 2027, from Notes Expanded Tuesday, August 31st. Um in mm. chapter chapter 20, I just wrote at the top of the page, No Rest for the Weary. It's, you know, fires and guns and explosions. And it's this gigantic opportunity or permission offer that, that is being given to everyone, so you know now that that a, an earthquake has happened, it's almost like people. She says in the book, people who were just you know plotting their way slowly up the road to an unknown place. Um, the earthquake got gave uh, everyone permission to make a choice. Yes, and and it just it triggered all of the things, and so lots and lots of people. Run into these small communities mm. um that are you know near where they are when the earthquake hits, they go in and they scavenge and they and basically these little small wars break out, these small battles break out where people are are trying to defend their places and and people are like, No, an earthquake happened. we get to take your stuff, so <laughs> it's, mm. I'm laughing, but I'm crying um yeah. at the same time it's devastating. Um, it's devastating. And here it's more strategy and more plotting and more just being like really on your toes and deciding a direction and deciding a way of being. In the last episode, there was a violent attack and they were able to, to take things off of the, the bodies of the people who who they had to kill during the attack. And one thing they get is this uh, radio, small like um, radio and Lauren plugs that radio in and gets to hear relay the news they are heading towards the bay area and that's what they're they they were going to do but the news tells them to stay away from the bay area the bay area is Papping out of control off. Off. it's it's not it's not a place to go yep one of the interesting things is like there is a police force so the police forces kind of you know doing the roadblocks on the bridges or gangs doing roadblocks on bridges the ones that remain so Lauren is like we are not going there we have to find another route and they plot another route through uh, smaller smaller roads with less people they are complete they 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 note that they would take a rest at a certain point yep. but the level of violence is too high and so they are just basically sleeping and getting up. And, and moving um, to the next place that they have to. And they're exhausted. They're really, 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 really exhausted. There is a, another um, attack, but the attack is not on them. It's an attack they could have been a part of if they didn't actually create a strategy of being unseen. Yep. And this is a really incredible moment because this is the moment where it's it's right on you, you know. It's it's and you yes. you don't have clarity, and so should you be reactive? Should you you know? Should you fight the perceived people coming after you? Should you get up and run? What should you do? Yes. Um, in this case, the group decides to um, stay very very quiet and hidden, and Allie who has just joined the group and who's already been through some things. Yes. Um. Allie is Ooh. like, we have to leave. Yeah. And this, we have to leave question <laughs> comes up over and over again in this story. But Allie is like, we have to leave. We should go. And Lauren, Lauren is like, you know, like, like, let's be quiet. It's in the middle of the night. She's like, it's really not safe to move there. She notes that it's, it's basically, there's a truck, Um. there's a truck and there's a, um, a, a gang of people. It looks like there's a fight over the contents of the truck. Exactly. You know, and they're all fight shooting each other and they're actually not, not even aware of her group. Exactly. Um, another story in this, um, around this same time is Coley has disappeared. Right. Um, at night and Lauren can't find him. And Lauren gets very worried and wants to, wants to go after him by herself. Yeah. And Harry won't let her go by herself. And uh in the last chapter we talked about this the vulnerability of leadership exactly. and to the witnessing of leadership and, and supporting of leaders and and Harry is like, You you a share. He don't say this out loud, yes. like, but she realizes <laughs> that she's a sharer and the second you know, something happened to her, she wouldn't be of any use. Exactly. So he goes he goes with her and they find Ben Coley eventually and they find that Ben Coley has a little a little boy, they think around three years old. And yes. uh, later on in the chapter he's we learn found this in is, the woods. Yeah. And that his mother um took a stray bullet in that in that in that fight. Yes. And so they get all of his information, they carry his stuff. He has his own stroller and everything. Mm. Um, they keep all of his paperwork. But the group strategizes. One he's crying. And now, you know, Natividad and Travis baby is like, okay, what's going on? He's yep. crying. yeah. And Natividad, you know, who has so much skill, like Natividad just is like breastfeeding both of these kids to keep them quiet so yep. that the people um, who are having a gun battle don't come <sighs> near them. Um, it is just, it is just, and I shouldn't say just to keep them quiet, but also to to comfort their spirits and to let them know especially the new child that they are in a they're in a safe place exactly as safe as a safe place can be on As safe as it
1: can be they're in a place where someone wants to nourish them
0: exactly what you gonna do 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 when the world on fire? Yeah. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you? Gonna do? What you gonna I made a note to myself. Yeah. Um, there's like, there's all kinds of things in here. We're looking at the way that they use the maps. How many people still have maps that, you know, <laughs> you got to fold out and look at it with a magnifying glass? Exactly. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't have no maps, go get some maps. Just, just order them and <laughs> put them someplace. This is one of the
1: questions someplace. I had. I was like, can you read a map? <laughs>
0: That's a question. Can you read a map, <laughs> can honey? Can you read a map? That's a, mm-hmm. Please, please ask that again. And then um, the other thing is about food. And how they're navigating buying food on the road and what they're deciding to buy as their group starts to expand from three people, like, to nine plus. Yes. Um, With And, yeah. And um, there's also just finding the relationships within the group. So Justin, the kid, seems to like Allie. And Allie, you know, kind of don't like nobody but her sister. Yeah. And um, we learn more about these two mm. um, young women, that they are sisters, that they're very close in age, that they had um, a really diabolical father who was using using them, selling them, basically yes. against their will. And eventually Allie um, was pregnant and had a baby and the father killed the baby and that was it for them. Yes. Um. They left and they set the house on fire and they didn't look back. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, this is what what I wanted to read. It's just the, the last paragraph of this chapter and it's them passing through a town. We passed through Hollister before noon. We resupplied there, not knowing when we would see well-equipped stores again. We had already discovered that several of the small communities shown on the maps no longer existed has not existed for years. The earthquake had done a lot of damage in Hollister, but the people hadn't gone animal. They seem to be helping one another with repairs and looking after their own destitute. Imagine that. And I think that is that is the, uh, I don't know, the shining light wonderment of this time is we have lots, exa- lots of examples where people take advantage of other people's um you know problems and other people's pain, other people's hurt, other people's loss, and they go through this town and they see that people have made a decision about how to how to be and how to process through all of these ever changing times and It's one of the things i always I always tell people right now I was like anything can change, anything can happen. You can make any decision. You can collaborate in any way you want to see the future. It is not just up to people who have jobs. Exactly. It's up to each other. And one of the things we learn in Parable is how much communities are left alone to make their way themselves. That's right. Like there is, there is no city <laughs> infrastructure like everybody people who could got them. out. Yeah. And in San Francisco, there's this – the Bay Area – and say, people who are wealthy take helicopters out. And then everybody else is there. So the the decisions to make um, right now around where you want to be um, are the decisions to make right now.
1: Exactly. That's it. Beautifully done, Toshi. And um, I also think this idea of there's a line in here taking care of other people can be a good cure for nightmares. And mm-hmm. I I really love the offer of this because that feels like a thread throughout. And it feels ultimately like the answer to the question of why Lauren is traveling with other people. That right. if there weren't the other people to take care of, there's a destiny, there's a mission, there's a purpose in that caring of, that is as important as anywhere that they're actually getting to. And in this chapter, I'm really in love with the way we get to see that Bancoli is the kind of person who's, who goes out to rescue, like he goes to find and he's like, I don't need to wake the rest of y'all up or bother you with this. You know, (laughs) I'm just going to go, it's the right thing to do and really trust himself to do that. And so we're seeing the kind of, you know, the nature, like his nature, is unveiled in that because you know in that process of trying to learn to trust someone paying attention to their actions is as important as anything that is going to come out of their mouths and with this action he's like yeah i go into a bullet i go in towards the bullets um if a child needs Mm -hmm. me (laughs) and i think that's really crucial so i have a bunch of questions for this chapter too and Uh, we can have some conversation in here. So the first question is that you highlighted it as you were sharing it, but when is it time to leave? And when is it smarter to stay? And how do we make that determination? And this is actually one of my favorite things in action movies, horror movies, adventure movies, is that Mm -hmm. I'm always watching it and like, you should stay put. (laughs) Like, stay put. (laughs) Stay where you are. Stay there. And there's always someone like, we got to run. We, we got to get out of here. Like, we got to... And I'm like, mm, <laughs> I don't know.
0: So... Um, they make them run off, though, into the worst places. They and always <laughs> run off into a worse situation. And women, I'm just like, oh, why would... You? It's like women is not always in high heels and... No. And also, <laughs> also don't always... Do you always notice? Do you notice that women, when they're running away, they're running away looking back. Always, like they're never, they, and they're they're never just like, let me run as fast you as I can. Just like, can like let and me tuck down my head, my chin,
1: and just get it moving. It's always get, like this it flailing, like, oh, I don't know nothing about running. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like no, that's not
0: how we uh, get away. I yeah yes,
1: but I also think that assessment, right? That there's often that lacking assessment of like,
0: mm-hmm. what is
1: safer and. Where can people reach us and where can they not reach us? And the skill of like, if you can become unseen, staying can be the smartest move. And what is your, what is your capacity for being unnoticed, for being a background, for being able to be quiet and go under the radar? Um, it's counterintuitive, uh, or at least it's counter to what we're being trained in a lot right now, which is. Be seen, be loud, take up more space, you know, have a profile, have a brand, have a this, have a that. And, you know, it's all about being as seen as possible and seen for your mm-hmm. politics, seen for your beliefs. But I do think there are so many smart, stealthy people who are like, mm, I managed to exist under the radar. And I think it's a skill set. Like, I'd love to be able to have both to be able to have this, like, I lack the, the stealthy skill set. I feel like everyone always knows (laughs) where I am or I'm like, I walked into it, you know, like I, I, even little things that I take for granted now, but I'm like, Oh, my septum ring, like almost any space I step into outside of like New York or the Bay (laughs) people turn and they're like, Oh, there's something different about you. You you stand Mm -hmm. out. And a lot of times it's that, especially for kids, they're like, You got something in your nose. You know, like it's a different thing, right? But I've been thinking a lot about that. It's like, how do I make myself unnoticeable? Uh, Yes. You know.
0: (sighs) This is, that's such a a great thing to look at. Because in this chapter you do, you have all of the, you have a lot of the skill things. There's the being able to hide. There's knowing when to, to steal away and get something done. You know, and I wonder if Ben Coley or if Octavia thought about, like, the chapter before they all ran to the the place where the girls were and they exactly. became vulnerable. Exactly. And so Ben Coley's like, you know, I'm, we're not going to do that again. I'm going to go and see what this is. And then I'll come back if I need some help or exactly. something. Exactly. Um, I feel like, yeah, well, I was always like, well, you could have left Lauren a note or something. <laughs> what would she have done? Let okay. a sister know. Yeah. Let a sister know, you I, right. You know, assuming she's
1: reading. Yeah, but I do think that that it's like a little test of the partnership, too, that feeling of like, oh, is he just gone, right? Um, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, not, you know, he's not gone, gone. He's like gone off on a task. No,
0: she's clear. She's clear that mm-hmm. he's not gone, gone. No, she feels Um, like- He probably left his stuff. So mm-hmm. she was very clear, but there's, but you get that the multiple ways of being engaged. And one of them definitely is, is, is hunkering down and being very, very quiet. Yes. Um, and then you get these tools of like the maps and that you, you know, that you have a time to like sit down and look at a map and redirect yourself, knowing which places to go, having a radio yes. that informed them, um, and knowing which places to stay away from. Yeah. Um, and i really feel like when you asked that question i was like how often do i turn off bluetooth how often do i turn off location like oh, yeah. am i just walking around with these devices and they're always on um mm-hmm. am i doing every every single update it's such a manipulative and weird and a, you know increasingly violent relationship with like the computer i guess if y'all they're probably not old <laughs> enough to remember what computers were <laughs> when they first came out. Oh my God, they were wonderful. Um, they just they just were really cool, and everything that you did was just your stuff. It was just yours. Like you had to. <laughs> it was just yours. You had to intentionally want to share it in order mm-hmm. for it to. And the updates were like not constant. Like you could have a computer and there would be no update. Yeah. At all. Like <laughs> it's just you know you didn't have to pay. Once a month for something that you need in order for the computer to work, yeah, um it is really like I'm often in shock, and I'm like, can somebody make my computer be what exactly what I want it to be like how do I mm-hmm. get to use it and like turn off all of this stuff mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I'm a I'm big like,
1: fan of turning off all this stuff, and even like even I don't know. There's just so much about like being in motion. Like I used to always post where I was, you know, like I'm in this mm-hmm. city or I'm in this place I'm going to this place, or even like post a picture of myself, like in a basalca in New York or something. And I gave that up <laughs> uh, a few years ago because I realized I was like, Oh, like there's a way that being that kind of visible and findable is not safe. And, mm-hmm. um, I can't. You can't take it for granted that it's always going to be safe. Like I've, you've had, I've had the experience of people showing up places where I was like, oh, (laughs) Um, you have an expectation or a need or something, and I'm like, that's not happening now. Um, Yeah. You know. But but I'm like, and it's my responsibility actually to share what I want to share and not share what I want to share. And I have actually been. This is tangential, but I've also been really noticing the ease for me that comes from this masked life. Like when I am traveling, you know, I was, I was in a city where I know a lot of people recently and I was there in a way where I was like, I can't go see a bunch of people. It's coronavirus. Like, that's not what I'm here to do. And it was so relieving to actually be able to put on a mask and a hat and a hoodie and just kind of go into a store. And it's not like total stealth mode, but it is, you know, reducing recognition And just feeling Hmm. that like, oh, I I do feel a little bit more safe. Like I can opt into being seen, um, having the feeling that I can opt into being seen. But I think about as a community, how do we practice that? How do we opt into being seen and not seen by those who want to harm us, heard and not heard by those who want to harm us? And I think we've been honing the skill of being heard. I think we also need to be practicing the skill of not being heard and practicing the skill of not being seen. Um, mm-hmm. especially depending on how the selection goes <laughs> so the next question oh, yeah. I have is whose children are your responsibility whose yeah. children are your responsibility so when they find Justin and when Allie and Justin connect I think there's something so tender in this idea that a stranger's child can be our responsibility. And Mm -hmm. I always think in an ideal world, all the children are all ours and that that's something to be working towards. But in this one, it's a particularly tender thing that's being exposed here because Allie and Justin are both working at becoming replacements for something that is irreplaceable. Right? You cannot yeah. ever replace your own child. You can never replace your mother. You can never replace the people that you particularly loved and who loved you. It's, it's not possible. And yet, in this chapter, we see the need to keep moving our love towards the living and moving our connectivity, our, our capacity to be in relationship to the living, um, mm-hmm. as well as to those in the ancestral realm. So, whose children are your responsibility? And and how do you keep moving your love to the living?
0: That's a beautiful, beautiful question. And also that idea of like, I mean, I I feel like I have so many moms, you know. I have me so too. many people have like taken put their hands on me and claimed me as their own. What's up, June Millington, Nona Hendrix, And have in, have invested and watched out for me. Mm. Like, you know, mm. um, and uh Disa Douglas. And I'm just just so grateful for those people. And my mom is, is well when they still took me. So it's <laughs> it is right. It is a it's a its is a necessary thing. And but, conversely, yeah. like
1: my mom has so many children beyond us. You there know, you there's go. certain people who is just like several friends have come
0: into my life and now
1: <laughs> I think they prefer my mom's company. Um
0: Why? I heard other people talk about your mom. She's, you know, they're like, yo, and (laughs) Adrian's mom, blah, blah, blah.
1: (laughs) It's true. She's a remarkable, like, she's got a mothering gift. And like, she, you know, we lived in Japan for a period of time and she was teaching English there. And she still has her, her daughters from that class that just, they chose her and she chose them and they see, they visit each other. She's the person they are like, you need to hear that I'm getting married, and you need to know, I need to hear your opinion on that. And, <laughs> and so it's just like, you know, there are people who accumulate. And I feel like I'm a, you know, I accumulate other people's children in the role of auntie. Mm-hmm. That um, just last night, one of my niblings called me up as they know that they can all do, that they're just like, they're the only people who can always get through on the phone (laughs) and they can call and she she called me up and she was like um i need you to tell me a story and Mm stories on demand and it's just like okay we're we're telling a version of the little mermaid in which ursula is not a bad person um and that everyone still gets to talk and like the romance is consensual so it's like (laughs) (laughs) right but I think of all those children as as Disney part of, remix. Oh yeah, I love I love remix. Someday that might be a whole other podcast project that I do at some point is telling the <laughs> the Justice remix version of all these stories that I grew up loving because I'm like I love Robin Hood, I love Jungle Book, I love Alice in Wonderland. It's yes. like my, a fave fave. Um, but all of these stories, I'm like, yeah, if you just tweak, tweak, tweak you know, sprinkle some feminism in here, remove this like horrific parental trauma here. Right. You know, there's some really good stuff there. But but mm. in this, it's this idea of like the the children being our responsibility and getting into whatever your right relationship is with children. You know, some people are like, no children in my life or just my kid or something else. But I do think there's something about how we orient towards children that is actually really crucial for our survival. Like that we need to all attend to how are the children doing? What are their needs? Can we make sure that they're taken care of? Can we all come together Mm -hmm. to do that labor? And part of that is can we make sure they're having a good time? Can we make sure they're nourished? Can we make sure they're cuddled and held? We make sure they're physically safe, right? There's lots of different roles for people to play inside of that. Um, so yeah, them babies.
0: Uh, you know, this also makes me think about the way that um, children are systemically preyed on in, in our societies, and yes. that they' they're very much, you know, government has a predatory relationship to children and a violent relationship to children, not all children, but it is it is way too hard to get the things that, you know, children need. There's this just vicious, you know, crossroads where it's like, the most important thing is like that there's no abortion. Um, and that, that, you know, yep. these men um, in office are in charge of re- the bodies of women's reproductive, and I should say the body of people's reproductive um, rights um and criminalizing you know everything a woman a person's body can do around the fact of how they um how they are when they are pregnant uh-huh. um so someone who's, who's challenged by um taking drugs in certain places um it's a violent attack on a child if they're pregnant and yes. has caused a lot of chaos. All right, their children are the most important thing, but teachers can't get wages, proper wages, or, you know, exactly. all of the things that they need to teach them. Like, children are the most important thing, but, you know, what we're going to do is separate them from their parents. Mm. We're going to lose all of the records, intentionally lose all of the records of all of these people. We're going to put them in concentration camps and then adopt them out to other people Mm-mm. who they don't know or have any relationships, literally stealing children. Um, So, so there's lots of ways to to pick, pick a child to parent a child to, to intentionally live your life as a parent of a child, even if you don't have no children, Yes, and institutionally affect change for children everywhere. Because right now, also the databases around um, brown and black children, um, and what they're going to develop into by a certain age helps to determine how many detention centers and jails get to be created. Like there is there is children um, are navigating a very particular uh, soul place for our society. That's and right. our inability to pay attention to that, our inability to not, you know, move towards that as a, a centering ground for everything else mm. is is an explosive situation right now. Mm-hmm. It is an, a very explosive situation mm-hmm. right now. Exactly. Um, and I think that's helpful to remember during this election because you you might be somebody who is like, on principle, I can't vote for Biden or Harris because I don't, you know, I don't, one, I don't believe in the system. Two, I don't believe in them. Yeah. And three, I don't. I yeah. don't even buy... I don't even buy what a lot of people are buying, which is we have to, that this has become so diabolical. We, we don't have a choice. We have to stop and then we have to keep creating. I don't yeah. even buy that. So yeah. I'm going to vote for, you know, I'm going to make a symbolic vote for somebody else or not vote at all. And yeah. I would just say to really think about people as you're making your decisions, to really think about people who don't actually get to participate at all and who are caring a huge load from a lot of this, you know, a lot of inaction and also a lot of determination yeah. to use them in a particular way that's that's really 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 diabolical. So, yeah. Yeah, yes, thank you, you for is... lifting
1: that up because I I feel like that where I'm just like, you know, the thing I keep saying for approaching this in every election is like how do you move inside of a corrupt system to protect those who are the most vulnerable? That's Mm -hmm. the move that we are currently making and to not confuse it with how do I find my political home amongst these limited options of white male leadership? Um, because that's not gonna happen (laughs) for most of us. Yeah. Um, us being, you know, black, queer, feminist, whatever. So, uh, this is good. This is good. Right. Like, I feel like again, To me, the reason the parables are so great is because they continuously unveil the options we need to do, the options we have available to us in this moment. I have a couple more questions here. One is, how do you operate when you're terrified? And how do you operate when you are exhausted? And it's, this is not a mystery, For most of us, we have some experience in our lives of being terrified, and we have some experiences in our lives of being exhausted, especially if you're (laughs) responsible for children. So how do you handle that when the time comes, when you've been pushed beyond your limits, you've been pushed beyond your capacity, and in some way you still need to keep going? The group is in that zone right now where there's not a safe sleep. The sleep they're getting is not probably that deep, right? The way you sleep when you are in unsafe conditions and there's war sounds around you. And it's how do you actually, you know, continue to be kind, continue to stay engaged with people, continue to listen, continue to make decisions together. And are there things you could be practicing now that would increase your capacity when the time comes to still move in a dignified way, through your terror, through your exhaustion, towards your destiny.
0: That's brilliant.
1: And you know, for me, I'm I'm a somatics practitioner, so I'm doing my centering practice every day, all the time. Prentice Hemp has now posted on his Instagram Street Somatics and has the centering practice on there. So I've been sending people I'm like, go learn that practice but it might be something else. It might be song that helps you recenter. It might be Qigong. It might be Tai Chi. It might be prayer. It might be deep breath. It might be a million things, but what are the practices? What is a practice that you can be cultivating now that will
0: help you when the pressure increases? That's beautiful. I'm grateful for that because I, I, you know, when I'm in, um, it depends on what it is, but sometimes when something happens, I can't think of anything like, I and I can have a practice and I, don't get to, and I just have a minute, you know? So one of my things is to really practice, um, you know, getting up and focusing on something, you know, just like get, get your brain like focused on something so you can start to think. And another, when I'm exhausted, I can tell that, um, yeah, as much as I can control try to stop operating in exhaustion because I'm just not as good. there's certain things I can do from that position, but as as I've gotten older, I just have like really realized like you don't need to be out on these streets like you know talk to somebody on the phone like exactly. you know you can't do this many shows in a row like you actually need to do less and then I've had this thing i don't really know how to describe it but it's happened to me so much i can't deny it mm. which is um i'm terrified and something is about to happen like a like a car accident yep yeah i i've dreamed it first yes uh several times and then known what's gonna happen and as it's happened i've protected myself and um wow. and then it just it just happened um A few weeks ago, I slipped in my tub and I've never, I've never slipped in a tub ever in my life. So I was like, wait, but it completely slowed down. I was like heading to uh, crack my skull on the edge of the tub. Yeah. And I was like, and it was just, it's so weird. It was like, you cannot do that. Like you're, you're not going to survive. And so I kind of tucked myself over and flipped around, which hurt a lot. And (laughs) it wasn't facing the other direction by the time I landed. And so my back actually hit like the, yeah, I'm not even lying. And the, and then I was just in this weird position and I was like, and the water was on, everything was slippery and I couldn't really move. And I, and I just stayed there for about 15, 20 minutes. Cause you know, and my kids in the front of the house, but she, she never would have hurt me. Yeah. So I just stayed there until I could figure out how to like get out of a tub where everything, everything was wet. Yeah. Um. But it. But it, it. happened. I got out. I was sore for three days. Yep. I stayed really, just let my body come. But that was. We. That has always been a thing. Um. Mm. That's happened on occasion, and you know. And I'm just. I'm like, wow. You know. I. Just, it just really went clear. Yeah. Very clear. And I'm really grateful for whatever that mechanism is that shows up at the right time.
1: I'm really grateful for that too. You know, I think that there's there's so many ways that we respond and I'm grateful you survived. You know, that your dreams, your pre-seeing, your capacity to slow down time under pressure, all of that came together in that moment. And I think for me, a lot of times I can move through, I drop into the emotional reality of the moment. And I find that's what moves me through. It's like, okay, on the top level, on the surface level, there's a crisis. And it's the worst possible crisis, whatever it is. But if I drop under that, there's this emotional reality level where I'm like, I'm okay. The world is okay. The world is in some kind of balance. It's moving into some kind of balance. There's something that is underneath that calms me. And so I'm like, I just have to get through this terrifying moment. And... Mm. You know, if it, if I'm meant to get through it, I will get through it. So I'm not going to worry about that part. If I'm not meant to get through it, I won't get through it. So I'm not going to worry about that part. I'm just going to show up for the moment. <laughs> and right, something yeah. about that helps. Um, and when I'm exhausted, it's bad news bears. It's like I, yeah. <laughs> I'm i not a good exhausted person. I'm not a nice exhausted person. My back starts to hurt. I get really grumpy and my brain actually starts to be more logical than less. Like I go Mm -hmm. to like, that's not logical. How can you not see that? That is bad. Um, So, you know, I think that idea of staggering rest, finding ways to stagger rest is so important. And I'm trying to be in that practice already, you know, that I'm like, I rest when I need to rest and trust that other people can hold part of the work. And then when they're resting, I have to show up and do mine and I want to be in that loop already. I also wanted to lift up a model uh, for those who are like, you know, maybe centering wouldn't be your thing, but there's this model that I heard about. Autumn, my sister, did a series uh, for the How to Survive the End of the World podcast earlier this year that was all on apocalypse survival skills. And she interviewed this group called Queer Nature. And they introduced this idea of the OODA loop the OODA loop and that like training yourself to be in the OODA loop in a crisis or disaster can be helpful. And the OODA stands for observe what's happening, orient around what you can actually do, what are the possibilities in that moment, decide what you're actually going to do and then act. And so it's not just mm-hmm. moving straight from something's happening, pure reaction, but taking that time to be like, hold on, have I observed the situation? Can I orient inside of it to what I'm what's possible for me? Let me actually make a clear decision that I can count on, act on, it, and then taking that action. And mm-hmm. I think there's so many models, <laughs> right? So it's like whichever one works for you, if it's more spiritual, spirit, spiritual, spiritual, <laughs> spiritful um, or mm-hmm. emotional, if it's more logical or some combination of all of the above, um, find a way that you can count on under pressure and practice it. Um, two more questions, one of which I already teased you with, but can you feel the divine presence of what you call God inside of you? Can you feel the divine presence of what you might call God inside of you? So Mm. the part that shapes, the part that changes, the part that co-creates, the part that partners with existence, the part that can feel and slow down time, you know, Toshi's in touch with the divine (laughs) in her, um, you know, the part of you that rescues children, holds children, right? Whatever parts it is, can you really feel that presence inside of you? And once you feel it inside of you, can you feel it inside of others? Mm. And then my final question, simple. Can you read a map? Do you have maps of your area? Have you marked them? If you have things that you have buried to hide in your area, are they clearly you know, noted on the map or somewhere where they could be found? Are you familiar with the territory around you, the geography, the plant life, the dangers, right? If it's a wildfire area or a drought area or a flood area. But fundamentally, are you able to work with a map Bonus rounds if you can work with a
0: compass. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And yeah, and do you have these things available? <laughs> and
1: do you have it <laughs> in your
0: house? Do You have it in your house. Uh, you know, it's so interesting. Also, kind of, do you know your neighborhood? And Literally, I think this is um, yes, especially if you have um, young people. When I went to school, the way they taught you to write was to say your name and write your address. And and then you would write more and more out, right? You would write your address and then you would write the the state you're in. And then you would write, then you would learn the states and then you would uh-huh. learn all of these things. And you would learn how to write them down, you know, with your hand and piece of paper. And you did it over and over mm. and over and over <laughs> again. And I, I'm not sure for every you know, institution of learning, but I heard that a lot of that is being um, pulled out of, mm. of, you know, that kind of like, no, your penmanship is really matters. And but I think it was such a great learning tool for yeah. um, I knew my address. I knew my friend's address. I knew how to get um, get to multiple places. I understood the city, and I I grew up mostly in in D.C. So uh-huh. northwest, southwest, southeast, you know. So the just how much of your territory do do you know? Does your family know? Do your kids know? Mm-hmm. Um, and making and then I think you know, can you draw a map mm-hmm. of where you live? Is is uh, I'm doing a residency with the Met um, Museum.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and one of the things I'm kind of obsessed by is, is mapping and right. I'm sure this has to do with, you know, World, <laughs> your <and maps>. scholarship <laughs> of your life. Yeah, yes, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still doing it, but I was able to find all I asked in the collection for, uh, maps and I got things. But one thing that was really wild is that there was a time where embroidering maps was mm. a big deal. Um, so there's some kind of fun, creative ways That's to do it yeah yeah is and they're beautiful so there you go
1: there you go yeah and you know i would be remiss um not to mention that the sky is a map and you know we're in a book that's about the destiny of our seat is to take root amongst the stars and another way that you can find your way around is if you familiarize yourself with the map of the sky above you and I remember learning, oh, this is where north is in the night sky. And here's how to find north in the day sky. You know, I can, I can figure this out wherever I am. And if I know where north is, I know where every other direction is. And I can start to move in one of those directions. And at the very simplest level, I can start to move towards a coast. <laughs> I can start to move mm-hmm. towards a border based on what's going on with the sky And um, at night, you know, you can get a lot more precise, right? There's, it's been a way that our people have moved towards freedom for the longest time. And it's maybe a way that we need to move towards freedom again. So there's this beautiful app that I have on my phone now called SkyView that um, helps you learn the night sky around you. So you just, Open it up and it basically is the map of the, the known constellations and stars, you know, that just lays over whatever you're looking at. And it's particularly mm. fantastic when you're, you know, on a full moon, like looking up and seeing the moon and then seeing what other stars are nearby and interplaying with the moon. Venus is always out here popping and dripping and just like doing her beautiful thing. I found... um the star named Spica that lives in the left hip of Virgo, the constellation Virgo. And I think that's going to be like a character in one of my future things, but get to know your (laughs) sky, right? Get to know the sky where you live and get to know the compass that is always available by looking up. Yeah. 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 All right. We have done it again. We have reached the end of another chapter. Our podcast, Octavia's Parables, is hosted by Toshi Regan and myself, Adrienne Marie Brown. We are produced by Kat Aaron, and our show art is by Krista Franklin.
0: Uh, and the music, Always See the Stars, is written and performed by Toshi Regan. And There's a New World Coming, written by Bernice Johnson Regan, with additional lyrics by Toshi Regan. Performed by the cast of Octavia E. Butler's Parable of the Sower, lead vocals by Shana Small, and "What You Gonna Do When the World's on Fire?" and that's performed by 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 me and Mom, Toshi Regan and Bernice Johnson Regan.
1: <laughs> dreamy, dreamy. All right, what you gonna do? So, um, if you want to find us on the internet, you can find us on Twitter at oParables. You can sustain our show by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash oparables. And we will see you on November 16th. Take care. Be safe. Love each other. Be brave.
0: Take care, everybody.
1: Bye. Bye. Hello, beloved listeners. This is Adrienne. And I am just coming on to make a brief note that the election is tomorrow. And we are not done with the parable of the sower yet, which is what we set out to do. But pandemic, (laughs) everything changed over these past few months. And we let that also shift our pace because we recognize that the text would still be relevant after the election and basically any time for the next several years. (laughs) So we're going to keep going and this season will last another four weeks um, before we finish the parable of the sower. Then we'll take a break and we'll come back with the parable of the talents. So for those of you who are like, wait, but I thought we were going to finish. We are. We are. Be patient and get your vote in. Love you.
0: There's a new world coming. Everything coming.